The year is 1890. The place, Boston. An evil force continues to seep into our world, corrupting and conquering all who touch it. Our four brave adventurers have thus far foiled its plans, most recently stopping the Red Death from taking control of Agnes Hahn. But the Red Death remains undaunted. Our four heroes have the evil's full attention, especially Agnes. As Boston descends into panic, can they keep this force from holding illimitable dominion over all? Find out as they face the Red Death. First things first, we have a bunch of people who got bitten by were-tigers who might need a little bit of help. Hello, yes, I'm the help. So what is your plan for taking care of everybody here? Oh, um, I don't even know if I brought enough supplies. Because I think I did everything back at the house and then brewed tea here. I think so James... I might... oh, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I think James and his unending quest to be helpful would offer to run back and gather anything that needs to be gathered. He's not going to be of much use otherwise, so... Yeah, I think I think actually Ignacio is going to ask, but yes, okay. please. Yeah. yeah, James will get the list from you and head off back to the house to start gathering up stuff. Okay, uh, a lot of uh, police officers were downed during this too, right, Doug? Yeah, I imagine that upset Sawyer quite a lot. <laughs> well, now there's no one for him to poke fun at. So I think uh, Sawyer is sort of hanging out uh, uh, around the, the hospital, kind of patrolling it, basically being the security, the, the one-man security force for while while uh, Ignacia is doing her, her healing because something ran off. He's not sure where they went. They just sort of disappeared. And he's not sure that the danger is completely gone. Okay. Agnes, how about you? I think I'm probably kind of shadowing Ignacia right now, just like acting as assistant, doing whatever I can. Um, <laughs> similarly to before when I was the nurse um, and just generally keeping an eye out for anything else that seems kind of suspicious. Okay. Why don't you give me some kind of check to see what you are, if you're picking anything up. Okay, that's like a 22 overall if I'm going kind of with like awareness or perception or alertness and perception. Okay. Um, yeah, 22 overall is very good. Um, yeah, so it takes you a little while to sift through what's happened here because it is kind of carnage. But as you're looking around, one thing you notice is that the tracks that the uh, tiger that fled left stop about halfway down the hall it was running down um since finn is kind of going around doing security i think agnes the, as soon as that is noticed agnes like beelines to him and points it out first not wanting to cause a panic probably tugs you pulls you aside and says um there's something i think that you might be interested in taking a look at so Sort of reluctantly, 
is it it's some it's some sort of magic isn't it i mean it's, it has to do with the events of of today so yeah sure if you want to use that word yes all right uh, he pulls his hat off and rubs his head it's magic then <laughs> okay so he goes with you to look at it what are we looking at well here there was a tiger and then here there was not a tiger so it disappeared it um at at the very least became a, a not a tiger so uh real quick doug i think sawyer is going to be trying to make some sort of sense of this uh, could be some sort of a challenge. <laughs> uh, uh, I think. I think um, knowledge is not like education is not his strong point. This is more like uh, probably savvy uh, mm-hmm. or or no intellect, deductive reason. Trying to figure this out again, not his strong point, but uh, I think uh, he's he's trying to make sense of this. Okay. So I'm taking my awesome red death Sawyer die. Yeah, so he has well before you before you do this, um I tell you the challenge level, right? So you can totally. make a yeah. okay. So this is gonna be for you epic. That makes uh, sense. This could be bad. Yeah, there's there's a lot of magic stuff going on here. So tracking this would be I- incredible. So this could this could go bad for me. At least strain strain could be could be happening, but I'm gonna roll okay. it anyway. Uh, I get a I get a plus two to this, a whole two. Okay. And I rolled not well at all. Oh dear. I rolled a four, so six total. Okay, so one, two, three, four. I think I broke my brain. All right, so is yeah, is that our first epic failure? Yep. Okay. So instant condition and I add a complication. I've never added a complication before. Can you talk me through this a little bit? Yeah, so a complication uh, is is like you already have something in your mind as to what's going on, something that we're trying to solve or get around. Um, a complication would be further, like increasing increasing the I guess increasing the complication of that. So um, there could be any number of things. It could be that a a uh, another detective shows up and they're not really into us being there. It could be that uh, um, we get false information. Anything like that. Any, anything to make it more difficult on everybody, not necessarily like damaging. And I also take quite a bit of strain. You take a condition. What? So what happens to you as you try to unravel what's going on in this just mess of footprints and paw prints and gore? Well, I think Sawyer uh, has reason, re, uh, recently been joking a little bit less his snarky attitude which usually hides his lack of intellect uh is it's kind of like fading a little bit um he's getting more frustrated easily he's, he's not not handling just the fact that he's out of so out of his league um and he when shown this situation where this thing that caused so much havoc uh and hurt their friends, especially uh, Li Jing. 
um, whether or not it was responsible, it was the one who did it. It was part of the group that was responsible for her, her death. He doesn't have a joke for this to Agnes. Uh, I think when he he just sort of leans against the wall, looking back, sighs a little bit, uh, and just you see like this look of defeat. Um, I'm going to take the complication to Will. Um, and I'm just going to say that uh, ba basically his um, his outlook on the situation is just grim. He he he's he feels a little bit lost. This is all. This is this is if we were to classify uh, complications and strain as like mental, physical, or emotional stress or trauma. It, this is emotional. He's not injured. He just is defeated. And he looks at Agnes and I think in a very honest, vulnerable moment, he just says, I don't know what, I don't know what we're supposed to do with this. We can't fight something that can disappear or turn into something else. People are dying. I, I don't know what to do, Agnes. Maybe we ought to go get the others then. I'll follow your lead. I think I'll, I will lead the way to go rounding everybody up once they're you know, any like current crises are happening and where at least Ignacio is here and when, whenever James gets back with stuff. So Ignacio, what are you prioritizing now? Are you giving the remainder of the tea or are you uh, tending to people who have been injured? What's your... Injuries are more prioritized just because, you know, I need to make sure they're stable before I can even start with the tea. And, you know, it's not... We need to get the T2 on, but it's not like a right now sort of situation. So I think she's going around and helping the doctors uh, tend to wounds and get people in beds and just trying to handle like wounds in general. So I think her sleeves are rolled up and she's like, she's been going in and out of rooms uh, throughout all this, just constantly trying to keep people stable. Cool. Um, are you using magic at all? Not in front of people, but if there is, like, one who is, like, on their last, like, breath almost, I think there there would be, like, maybe there's maybe there's just one, and, like, it's a woman who's coming to visit a family member, and she's, like, on her last breath, and the doctors are just about ready to call it, and she's, like, she just puts a hand down, so I think I will do a healing magic on her for that one. Okay. And are you trying to do it without the other doctors in the room seeing? Yes. Okay, so I think that's going to be the tough part for you, not the... Not the healing itself. Not the healing, that you got. Yeah, um, yeah. Possibly finesse, possibly... Oh, uh, for the actual hiding? Yeah, um, or influence could work. I like... Uh, where's finesse? Rather not be finesse because... <laughs> uh, influence, I think, makes maybe a little bit more sense. Yeah. It will have to okay. be influence. All right. And that is going to be uh, difficult. You're not used to deceiving people. Uh, She's a terrible liar. Yep. Not a great as, liar. As we've come to know. <laughs> because she gives up. Yeah. So I think she's trying to like ask them like, hey, can you, you know, check on this thing over there real quick. And then like while they're turned around, she's going to try to do a magics. Okay. So. What's that? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> you, what was it you said i needed to do a difficult difficult so okay. 10 or above 
Oh, okay. That's a 15 plus four and 19. Great. So you succeed by, uh, you beat the CL by one. And so the action succeeds as planned. Tell us about it. I think, yeah, she's at, she asked for like a re, like something that she left in the hallway. So as the other doctor goes into the hallway, she um, puts a hand on the woman's like chest and just like shuts her eyes and inhales slowly. And as she exhales, uh, her hands glow. And uh, whatever internal injury it was, maybe like there was a really deep tiger scratch that went through. At least the organs are healed. I mean, superficially, still looks pretty bad. But it's just enough to like keep her breathing. Mm-hmm. And that's really, Ignacy doesn't want to wear her out, herself out yet. So, because she okay. knows there may be more. Okay, great. And so we'll say about this time, uh, James gets back with the supplies you sent him for. On a meat and cheese board with no meat and cheese. <laughs> just all these loose leaves, teas, and herbs. <laughs> It's not like there was Tupperware for him to pack it all up in. You could put it in a basket. A little picnic basket. (laughs) Skipping in with a basket under his arm. (laughs) Puts his red hood back. Big bad tiger? Yeah. He's like, okay, I think I I got it all. Uh, All right. Thank you. Um, uh, And she just like takes her apron off, kind of wipes off her hands and then takes the, the board and goes off into like a little area to wash down and then start working on the, the tea. Okay. I think James would just kind of hang near uh, just in case you needed help or, you know, any other tigers appeared that needed dealing with. So with those were tigers that you punched out, uh, kept alive that turned back into human where have you put those? Um, I think we probably, or James probably coordinates with, you know, a doctor or um, nurse or someone to find an unused kind of room that we can put them in, you know, kind of clear out, clear everything out of and put them in there or even like a, well, probably not in a closet because that's probably where supplies are kept. So yeah, probably more clearing out an unused room and, you know, putting them in the jackets and putting them in there. Okay. Great. So I think James will probably stand guard kind of closer to that room, but you know. Yeah. Um, Ignacia, is there any point in my having you make a moderate check for uh, brewing the tea or is that just like basically an auto success for you? Uh, what is moderate again? Five to nine. Oh, I mean, like I would use my herbalism so it'd bring it down to are my healing magics or what have you. Okay, yeah, so you're good to go. I think I've done this a couple times, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think you succeeded, like, epically the last time. Right, right, right. (laughs) Right, and you figured out a way to make it not have the side effects that it had before. Yeah, okay, so yeah, you're able to whip this up, no problem. Who are you starting with? Are you going to start with the ones who uh, were bitten, or are you going to start with the ones who were fully tigers and rendered unconscious. I'm going to start the ones with the bitten because at least I know I can only stop their process before the bad guys. So, okay. The, the, already, the already tigers. Great. So yeah, you run through that. No problem. And uh, Peters is very grateful to you for helping his friend 
and wants to know if there's any way that he can help you. Just, um, I, I don't know, actually. Um, just keep an eye on him. Make sure that he's doing okay. He says in his very polite British way, you know, that he wouldn't want to be a bother, but if you should need anything, if he can help you concoct the tea or steep it or pour it or anything he can do, he's at your service. I appreciate it, but I, I do have a an assistant. And she's like, Agnes. <laughs> uh, yes, doctor. I think Ignacy's going to just give her a look, like really. Um, and, and then she's going to turn and she's like, I just take care of him. We, 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 we have it handled. Thank you. And then All right. just pushing her out of the room. She's like, why are you following? <laughs> why are you calling me a doctor? Because it's fun and I like the way it sounds on you. <laughs> okay. All right. So for the, was it three? I know you held three up against the wall. Were those all the ones that survived or were there others who were rendered unconscious in other ways? Um, I know Finn killed his that he killed. Right. I don't... I don't think I outright killed any of them. I think I probably, so there's probably at least a few more that are unconscious. All right. So Ignacia and Agnes, you head into the room where the unconscious former were tigers are, well, they're still were tigers, but they're more human looking now. Um, and they are handcuffed to various things in here so that they can't really go anywhere but they're all still unconscious they've been hit uh real hard well this lot's looking a little bit worse for the wear um let's see how they're doing and i think she's just gonna try to take vitals while even if they're still unconscious just to see how they're just at least doing but i don't know their heart rates are higher due to the fact that they're tigers mm -hmm. or uh, <laughs> anything like that so she's going to try to take some vitals and just check their injuries to see if they have any and um, give me a difficult uh, give me a daunting check for their uh for taking the vitals can i use medicine Oop, you absolutely can where's my character oh there's my character uh so i'm going to use my strength in medicine Mm -hmm. And then I am going to use my my approach is going to be a senses for a perception. Great. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's a sixteen on the die, so uh, plus eight twenty four. Great. So you succeed by oh you succeed by two because you lowered it. With your medicine. Okay, great. So that is a success plus one plot twist. As you're investigating them and taking uh, their vitals and everything, yeah, like you mentioned, their heart rate is very, very elevated. You would expect this for somebody who is exercising strenuously, which I think in Victorian Boston would be like taking a vigorous walk. But one of the things you notice as you're examining them is that a few of these people, as you're looking at them up close, you realize you've seen before. A few of the people here are people who you encountered way back when, when you fought the Free Hill Bonafides. Agnes? 
Yes. Does his face look familiar to you, minus the feeling features? Now that you mention it, there is something a little bit uh, familiar here, and not in a comforting way. We've faced them before. Freehill Bonafides, the, um, we, James and I, try to become new members into the society, and then we got captured, and you and Sawyer had to save us. Oh, I wonder if I threw a, or at least tried to throw a glass at one of these people. I mean, I, I don't doubt it. But are they, is being tigers a part of their membership now? I mean, I guess they're moving, maybe not up in the world sideways, at least, if this is now what their game is. Huh. Well, I do have some extra tea left. Do you want to try something and see if maybe the tea will work on someone who's already transformed? I mean, it's worth at least knowing. All right. And so this one I'm already holding. I'm going to, like, take some tea and just try to feed it to them. Yeah, so Ignacy, I think this is going to be some kind of medical check for you with this tea on someone who's already fully transformed. I'm just reading the approaches real quick. Um, yeah. Uh, knowledge would be a good one. Arcane would be good, potentially. I mean, because it is alchemy, because it's mm-hmm. herbal medicine versus where lycanthropy of some sort. Yeah. Yeah, I can do arcane. Okay. And what did you say it was? This is going to be... This is going to be epic. That's a uh, synthetic 20. So, oh, yeah. So I just I just hit extreme. Well, so this plays to your medical strength, though, right? Oh, yes. Strength is medicine, yeah. Okay. So it succeeds, but you take a strain. So... Talk to me about how this almost goes very poorly and how that takes a toll on you. I think they wake up or no, wait, hold on. I think they have a reaction. And um, as they're starting to like, starting to drink it down, I think it automatically hits something within them, starts automatically reacting. So they, they, it's kind of like when someone gets hit with adrenaline and they just like sort of like wake up and start spazzing. I think that's what's kind of happening right now. And, um, I think Ignacia gets swiped in the process by a wear, wear paw. Okay. Yeah, so like a sort of claw-y hand, something halfway between the two. Mm-hmm. Great. But here's the good news. It works. So as they, you know, they slash across and get you a little bit, but as that happens, their body does convulse a little bit, but then relaxes. And you see any sort of felinity, felininity, felineness, catness, um, cat, anyway, uh, any tiger aspects that are in, <laughs> yeah, uh, whatever word you want to pick for it, whatever that is fades from their features and they slump backwards not unconscious, but exhausted. I think if they're still conscious, I think Ignacio's going to be like, hey, hey, you with us? 
and just sort of like trying to check on them. And I think I think she got caught like on the shoulder, so she's she's bleeding a little bit. But you know, it's nothing new. Yeah, <laughs> she'll handle that later. <laughs> we'll get to that when we need to. <sighs> yeah the the person you've just healed is barely able to keep her eyes open, but furious with you and growls in a very human way. How dare you? You don't, you don't know what I've sacrificed to be. How dare you? Yes. How dare me from protecting society from the likes of whatever you have or had rather. You're welcome. You haven't protected it from anything. You've just put it off. Oh, no, we will stop it. <laughs> and like I just stopped you. Yeah, she has no comeback to that. Uh, she's too tired to be clever. And I think with that, you know, she's going to grab like one of the police officers to see if we can get her moved to her bed because now she is a patient. But still <laughs> okay. have a handcuff down to a bed. All right. Are you going to do the same for the other? Yeah, but I think while I'm doing that for the others, I think Ignacio's going to like peek out and try to find like Sawyer or James to see if uh, if they're around. I think James has been waiting outside that room. Um, I don't know if you want to try to start gathering, getting some information from her while I work with the rest. Uh, yeah, I can do that. Maybe have okay. Sawyer go with you. I know he's he's pretty good at talking. Looks so like his reaction was going to be to go find Sawyer. <laughs> I know he's pretty good at talking at people. So. <laughs> James would be like, "Yeah, I can handle that." And whenever you're not looking, run off and find Sawyer. Going to be the the classic good cop, bad cop. <laughs> <laughs> and so one one thing you notice as you're Ignacia, as you're getting her transferred to a bed, far up on her on her forearm on the inside, she has a small brand that looks like a fire. I think she's going to stop the cops as they're holding her and just like pull the sleeve up more and take a better look at it. Mm-hmm. And um, don't, I don't think I would, Ignacia would know anything about that. Right. It's not something you would recognize yet, but you see it on a few of the other people who you, turn back into people. Mental note. Saving it for later. We'll figure it out. (laughs) James, Sawyer, do you want to do your interrogation here? Yeah, where do I find Sawyer at? So I think Sawyer is in like, like if this is one of the rooms, then they kind of maybe like a ward, like it opens up into like an area where there's like a reception in the middle and a view of more rooms. If, if that's kind of what this layout is like, Sawyer's in the middle area, so he has a good vantage point of everywhere, but he's very distracted. And when you come walking out, you walk out like kind of with this person? No, I think, I mean, they're they're all in room or getting into separate rooms. And I think I just, you know, we make sure they're restrained. So I come and find you, uh, you know, so I'm just kind of walk out and looking around when I see you up, walk over towards you. All right. Um, this is uh, 18, the 1890s, so he's smoking a cigarette. And I think, yeah, I think he, he's, he, you just haven't seen him look, looking this distant and, and detached. Well, maybe detached, but this distant. <laughs> um, and he, uh, he looks up at you and he says, like, you know, well, how, how's everything going with, uh, with everyone? 
Um, I mean, from what I can tell, everything's going good. Um, Ignacia's treated all the patients and I'm not sure, but I think, uh, she just changed some of the wear tigers back to people. Are they so they're conscious? not going to, they're not, uh, yeah, they are. Um, and I think, I think maybe we need to try to get some information from them. So you see a not so pleasant looking Finn, as soon as he puts his hat on and straightens his shoulders a bit, puts the cigarette, well, no, he keeps the cigarette. Uh, it's not a, it's a look that you've seen on his face a couple of times. And it's usually when he kind of gets a little stone cold or it's usually, it's usually when things have gone bad and, and he's inflicting some harm. Where are they? Uh, well, we'll go talk to one of them down here. I'll lead right. back to one of the rooms, you know, the most awake one. Sawyer will follow James. So you head into the room with the one who Ignacia tried to talk to. And she's reclining on the bed, um, eyes half awake, rolls them towards you as you walk in and then rolls them back up towards the ceiling. I think James will go in first and, you know, kind of kind of start i guess um i think he'll go in and he'll just he'll get himself as tall as he is and look over and um think he'll he'll say uh what's your what was your goal here tonight she doesn't respond sawyer is walking kind of slowly pacing in this room around the bed or just around the room behind james not looking at or making direct eye contact with the person, almost like he doesn't care she's there. I think James says, is there some grand plan? Is this just, you know, change as many people to tigers as you can? Nothing. I think James sighs and just kind of steps back away from the bed, turns and looks at Sawyer and nods his head. Sawyer not doesn't make too too long eye contact with James. Doesn't look directly at the prisoner and says, are you comfortable? I think the problem is you're not comfortable enough. And he kicks out one of the wooden legs of the bed and topples it over so that they land very, very painfully and bound. I would imagine they're not able to protect themselves from the fall. Mm -hmm. he's trying to inflict pain okay in a very abrupt way sure i'm gonna just put a slight i'm not sure what mechanically term i would use but like a slight caution mm -hmm. on any kind of abuse of a character who's restrained and can't fight back um, i think it would be the equivalent then of when you recline a bed of a mm -hmm. patient so that they're no longer like kind of like comfortable, like you know, you put pillows under their head to make them comfortable. Right. There's no pain, there's just discomfort. Okay. Yeah, that's a good switch for me. Um that definitely gets her attention. Um her eyes open up more and she looks directly at you. He has his cigarette, he just in you know, takes a, a little drag off of it. As he exhales, he says. My friend here is very interested in a story that you have to tell about 
whatever it was you were doing here. I'm not as interested. I have a friend who's not around anymore because of you and your kind. You should know that I don't care what happens to you. My friend here is a little kinder. I would answer his questions. I'd like to really make this like a, I, one of Sawyer's like strengths or abilities is like menacing intimidation. Yeah. I think that he's trying to put a fear in this person far greater than whatever it is that they fear more okay. <laughs> from, from not talking. <laughs> you need to fear him more than you fear whoever you work for. Okay. Uh, that is going to be, uh, for most, that would be impossible. For you, it's epic. Now, uh, the only thing is, I, so I'm, if I get one more point of strain, then I'm taking on another condition, which I'm willing to do for sure, because this is how Sawyer behaves. Uh, but also I have a condition in will, which means that anything that I do would be harder. Okay. So it might still be like impossible. So I think I'd like to, with that information, I think I'd like to um, make a check to see if Sawyer can have like a brief moment of like clarity understanding because he's been on that side he's been a villain he's maybe he can just sort of using his savvy pick up on that and, and maybe get some information from this person that way rather than rather than talking to them or trying to make them talk because sure. he, he might think hey i've been in this situation and i wouldn't talk yeah but something they can reveal without realizing it. So what I'll do is I'll switch it to savvy then. Um, uh, again, I, I, this is sort of my past being a, a villain. Um, okay. And uh, I have a, a four in this. Okay. So trying to pick something up is gonna be, it's gonna be difficult. And the more you succeed by, the more you'll pick up. Okay. And I'd also like to surge, but I'm gonna surge to reduce one of my strain. Okay. I'm in that precarious place where if I take one more point of strain, even indirect strain, that I take another condition. So I think I'll make that a little easier on myself. Okay. So I'm choosing to surge on my turn to reduce my strain by one. Uh, and I have a plus four to this. So, ooh, 19 on the die. So nice. 19 plus four, 23. All right. So that's an extreme success. Uh, you get a success plus a plot twist. So... Ooh, I want to use a plot twist. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, so they didn't have clothing, right? Um, yeah, I think we've established. I think that's what we established. Yeah. So they probably were thrown in like hospital gowns and then put in the yes. jackets or yeah. cuffed or whatever. So they weren't. They're not just right. You know, indecent. Um, can Sawyer recognize that symbol? And can that factor into? what he learns from this person. So like, I learned the information that you were going to give, but also I know, I know what that symbol is. Or have Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Good. What do I got? All right. So in your time with Hellbound Hauler in Utah, you went up against some religious zealots. Um, and you've seen zealotry before. And this is very much that, that, you're getting nothing from her because she believes that nothing that could happen to her here is anything in comparison to what could happen to her in the world to come. So it occurs to you that you'll get 
nothing from her because of her absolute zealous faith in this thing that she has devoted herself to. Um, the, the brand on her arm clues you in on that because normal people don't brand themselves to mark their adherence to a group, especially not a social club. So it's very clear that this is more than that. And if this group was trying to turn themselves into monsters before, maybe they've now finally found a way. Gotcha. And whatever is, that is, is more rewarding than any threat you could give. Gotcha. Um, and is there a name of the group that that brand might symbolize that I might know? Uh, there's, there's not. Okay. So have, had you talked to Ignacia about her and Agnes recognizing this person? No. Okay. When I see the symbol and I, I am about to, you know, get dark and menacing, I stop myself and I look and I say, oh, oh, you poor thing. James, there isn't anything we're going to get from them. These are cultists and they're true believers. And he looks down and makes his most like pitying face and just shakes his head and says, well, this was fun, but I have other things to do. When you say the thing about pitying her, there's a little bit of a crack. And she says, I don't need your pity. I just know, I know who my master will be one way or the other. I choose to do that on my terms. And then turns towards, turns away from you and closes her eyes. So Sawyer's gonna walk out of the room and kind of take James by the arm, but before he leaves, he makes sure he says loud enough for her to hear. Um, don't, don't fool yourself into thinking that you have any choice. You gave that up a while ago. You're just a mindless drone. Have a nice day. And he walks James out and says, uh, they're a cult, religious zealots. They ain't gonna say anything, but they're dangerous. Well, then I guess we'll let the police deal with them. So I think it's getting on to about probably reasonably well into the night by this point. And uh, Ignacia, you've done everything you can here. Is there anything else anybody wants to do before you go home to catch at least a little bit of rest and reduce a little bit of strain? Sawyer wants to drink and sleep. <laughs> well, with those two things, his strain is gone. Exactly. <laughs> no, James doesn't have anything. Okay. I think Ignacio's going to do one last round just to make sure that everybody's comfortable and then mm -hmm. head out. Yeah, as comfortable as they can be. I mean, that's all That's all I asked for. <laughs> okay. And you're all still staying at the Han residence, right? To that's what I was going to ask. Stay together. Once we are out, I think James was going to ask, uh, do we feel like we need to all stay together again tonight? No? Okay. James heads home. <laughs> well, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> no, Sawyer, so so you're, uh, you know, like not directly, but sort of, yeah, I think he, he doesn't want to go back to where, he doesn't want to go back to Lee Jinks. Yeah, Ignacio is going to be like, well, they know where both of you are staying, so... The only residence that hasn't been hit yet, and hopefully won't be hit, is the Hans. And I think it's best if we're all together, at least 
if anything, we can defend it. Yeah, I, I think strength in numbers is our is our best bet. Agnes, is your parents sick of us yet? I'm sure they'll be fine. I'll go get the extra pillows again, I guess. Um, I one thing real quick before we like make it the next day. Um, one of the things when you take on conditions, it, they they can be removed when it makes narrative sense. So like if, if Doug says like a lot enough time has passed or if, if like uh, is an injury and Ignacy has enough time to heal one of us or help one of us for this particular condition that Sawyer has of this emotional like detached and defeated uh, condition. Um, he asks Agnes if she'll stay up and drink with, have one drink with him. And it's like, almost like a, like a, not, not, no words have to be exchanged, but just sort of like being in her company, uh, like helps write the ship just because she's so damn logical <laughs> and like, <laughs> isn't going to try to like, you know, have a, like force a conversation on him, you know? Uh, so Doug, if you think that that would be enough to bring him back from that, I think, uh, and, and Agnes or Cleo, obviously, if, I, if you're okay with Agnes having a drink with Sawyer. Yeah, I think Agnes probably has a cup of herbal tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that works. Okay. He'll, he'll go to bed after that. He won't keep you up too late. But Agnes, what's one thing that Sawyer says to you that concerns you? I think... Hmm. Try not to, I don't want... Okay. You could put words in my mouth. I was going to say, I'm worried about putting words in your mouth. You have permission. <laughs> it's all the purple elephants he keeps saying that he sees. <laughs> um, I think what it is is actually probably something incomplete that he started to say and then kind of cut himself off. Um, I think he was about to start opening up a little bit about what happened earlier in the hospital, like when he became a little bit overwhelmed with and took you know the emotional strain i think he said like just like a few words and i was like oh we're about to have like real feelings talk right now and then instead he just like took another sip of his drink and the moment had passed and i realized that pushing it was just going to make it go burrow deeper down inside and there's something a little bit unsettling about the fact that I felt like we were about to have like a very genuine conversation about this terrible thing and that we've been pushed to the point where he would be open to doing that. But then it turned out at the last minute that he wasn't actually open to it. As you, uh, as you're heading to bed, Sawyer, Sadet steps out of the, room she's staying in and says bad night huh yeah that seems to be a recurring theme with our group she says what impresses me about you is that you're willing to do what needs to be done i'm flattered i hope that's always the case he gives her a very very knowing look and says uh, have a pleasant evening Miss Kepper. You as well, Mr. Sawyer. Uh, if I can, I'm going to spend a plot twist to overhear that conversation from my room. Great. Don't know what I'll Good do. Good use it. of plot twist. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. 
yeah, I think it's been long enough that they expect that you've, you know, long since fallen asleep. What was keeping you awake? What were you, what was keeping I, you from falling asleep? I think it's, I think one, I'm not in my own bed, so I have a little trouble sleeping, you know, uh, just not the comfort of my own place. I also think it's been a while since I've wrote, uh, you know, since I've written Monty a letter. So I think I've, you know, found some paper and, you know, writing utensil in the room. And I think I was just on a third or fourth draft, you know, going back and forth between leaving a lot of stuff in, taking a lot of stuff out, you know, still want money to worry about me getting my face clawed off by a tiger. So it's just writing different versions of these letters over and, you know, and just doing that, keeping, you know, that's what's kind of keeping me awake, trying to find the right words. Cause it's been a little bit. Okay. And what is it that you're having trouble? What's the thing that you're having the most trouble telling him or. I think, I think a lot of it comes down. James is talking about how he feels useless a lot. Uh, You know, I think he's told Monty, you know, some things about, you know, magic like i don't i think money knows a lot of stuff's going on he knows that he that james has some friends that have some magical inclinations and stuff so i think i think a lot of it is just he's pouring out that he feels useless and he doesn't know how to contribute a lot other than you know physically but when it's not a fight there's no not much room for him and he kind of you know lists examples you know he wanted to he he tried to to help make the tea, but he couldn't find a way, you know, a real way to contribute. I think a lot of it is, and then I think he talks about how they're, you know, talks about his mother and how they're going to try to find his mother. Um, And that he has real fears that once they find her, his importance to this group is going to shrink even further. So there'll be this other, from what he understands, just, just top tier wizard you know, or a top tier magical person, just really strong person. And that he's unsure how he fits into this picture much anymore. And there he has thoughts of just leaving in the night and coming to Kentucky. But he knows that he has to be, you know, I mean, obviously he's not going to do that without seeing his mom first and that there is a part and it feels like he has a important role to play, even though it's not always clear to him what that role is. The Red Death is Morgan Nuncio as Ignacia, Cleo Yansu Davis as Agnes, Tim Devine as Finn Sawyer, Kent Blue as James, and Doug Lewandowski as the Game Master. The Red Death is part of the Role to Play Network. It is edited, produced, and hosted by Kent Blue. Discover more at RollToPlayNetwork.com And do join us next time, if you dare.